All right. Can we do a show? Or at least whatever know, this is going to be. I can't, it can't be done until we start. This episode of the PC Perspective Podcast is brought to you by Casper, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price, because everyone deserves a great night's sleep. Get $50 off any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash PCPer and enter code PCPer. Hey everybody, welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 466, being recorded on, uh, damn it, uh, September 6th. 2017. Is it really just the 6th? It is. Yeah, okay. September 6th, 2017. Are you ready? Are you ready? I'm Ryan Shrout. I'm Josh Walbreth because Jeremy Hellstrom's not here. Correct. Oh. I'm Alan Malvantano. And then, and then that's it. That's, that's it. That's we got people, Alex and Ken and Jim and people on the other side of the cameras. Well, I guess they actually have a camera technically pointed Jim's, at them. Jim's in the isolation booth over there. He's got There's his... something about the side view camera that is not great. Not appealing. It's not, yeah, appe- it's not, it's not a great solution, really. Well, you uh, do we have anyone? Like, that, do we have any cameras pointed at Jim back there with his headphones on? Uh, we can. <laughs> we don't know. I'm not saying we need to. It's just a question. We no, have cameras all over. Really. Just curious. Just curious. Oh, we, we can play with the side view camera for next podcast. There, oh, there, there, he, there he is. There he is. Hi, Jim. All right, go back hi, to hi. go back to your hole, Jim. Back, back, Jim. Back. All right. Uh, so, uh, welcome to the show, everybody. We talk about computer hardware sometimes. Um, other things, other times, we're doing on a weekly basis at pcper.com slash live, actually, is where we record it. So pcper.com slash podcast, that's where you go find the show notes. If you want to see the links to the stories we talk about, uh, you can find them there. Even our hardware software picks of the week, those links are going to be found at pcper.com slash podcast. Uh, right, Alan? Yeah. Yeah. Always, every week, without yeah. fail. Yeah. Um, and then we, we, if you want to watch us do the show live, we do that at pcpro.com slash live, uh, Wednesday nights, 10 PM Eastern, 7 PM Pacific. Uh, if you need a little notification, a little reminder of us, so you want a little nudge, if you happen to be free on that Wednesday night, you can go to pcpro.com slash subscribe. You get this page here that shows, uh, our webpage and asks you for uh, name and email address and I will just send you an email. Sometimes it's 40 minutes before, sometimes it's two hours before. It just depends on what I'm doing in the interim right before the podcast begins. Uh, so appreciate everybody for that. Also, we do other live streaming events every once in a while, so this is how you get notified of those if you don't follow me on Twitter or something to that effect. And we do have our Patreon campaign continuing uh, at patreon.com slash pcper. This is your place to uh, have a monthly reoccurring monthly recurring contribution to the site goes directly to us um, and and all the editors and stuff and it allows us to do stuff with us uh, do stuff you know the podcast the 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 mailbag that we do now the the pc per plays all these extra things that we are kind of adding up into are more or less a direct result of this and of course as we have done in for the last long time if you are a new patron, then uh, or you're increasing your patronage, you get a call out on the show live. Um, the first call out goes to Kate Wolf, who's asking why the IRC is down and that we're not out of sync on Twitch. But the IRC is not down. I don't know if you're having a different connectivity issue, Kate. Sorry, uh, but we do have uh, we have a, a pledge editing from six ninety nine up to twelve forty seven. Right, so that's that's excellent from Coil Wine, that is, and that's C O Y L E W I N E. 
coil wine edited Clever. the pledge from yeah i i approve is, that is the number significant in relation to one, the two, coil one 2447 mm. i don't i don't know the answer to that 1247 is that is that a significant nerd number in any capacity that anybody knows for coil wine i don't think for coil wine at all is twelve forty seven the base clock of some GPU? Maybe that's I don't I don't know the answer to that. Maybe it's going at twelve hundred and forty seven FPS at the loading screen. We also have uh, Poopa Loop edited their pledge from three dollars to five dollars, and we thank you very much for that, uh, Mister Mister Loop. If uh, that's if that's your father, I'll just call you Poop. Kate Wolf is uh, Xmas in the chat. So now they're in the chat. Kate is in there. No, that's, so we're that's good. Xmas. Yes. Yes. No, I knew that. I just yeah. you know you know. Uh huh. Yeah. Yes, and now now she's in the chat, so everything's good. Uh, so what else? Um, we have uh, if you're if you're still catching up, you're still new. We we do these mailbags now on a weekly basis. Uh, I guess I'm going to record one of these tomorrow. This is me sitting at my desk. Sometimes somebody's sitting behind me. Sometimes they're not. And uh, answer your questions that you leave in the comment sections of these particular YouTube videos. So and uh, we we're posting them on the front page of PC per now as well so you can see lists of questions here and we go through uh i don't know maybe i don't know how many we get through in a week maybe seven eight or something like that and that's 20 like that. 20 minute 25 minute time span yeah uh so those are cool those are getting a lot of uh, of good feedback and then of course we have um really i think this is this is clearly the best place to all oh, oh look at that tease at the beginning of that our pc per plays we did roller coaster tycoon this week yeah we did uh, from 1999 ken played this um and we the good thing about this is that if you watch it to the end we were in fact able to <laughs> murder park attendees lots of people a couple of times uh, several times before before they stopped getting on the ride um so this is fun this is just basically us for an hour or so sitting down and playing some old games like i said this time it was uh uh roller coaster tycoon from 1999 by the way what was the previous game Lords of the Realm 2? Is that what you guys played? I wasn't here for that one, but um, interesting stuff. So if you want to see uh, some some old school Lord Coaster Tycoon and maybe find yourself being reattached to it uh, and uh, uh, like maybe like Ken or you feel like, oh, man, if, if I allowed myself, I would play this for way too long. Um, that's where we were at with that. So let's jump into uh, the stuff that happened this week. We've got a couple of things right off the off the bat we're going to talk about. We're going to run through them quickly, starting with the ECS Z270 lightsaber and Z270 H4i motherboard reviews. These are from Sebastian. So these are two ECS boards. Um, the lightsaber, the one on the right, clearly is the biggest. It resembles the lightsaber the most of these two boards, maybe. And yeah. then on the left, you've got the uh, uh, Z270H4i, the mini ITX variant with the uh, the, the I mean, Wi-Fi it's got the antenna. You know. No, but the one on the right is the lightsaber. Well, yeah. The one on the left. Also, uh, probably not a coincidence, the lightsaber model not available for sale in the U.S. Um, maybe due to some some terminology, some trademarks, some other issues. This is not a, uh, a, a Disney-branded Why would you only pick apply that in the name US? for your products? Like, well, it's just, you know, if you sell this board in China, chances are nobody's going to care, right? Okay. The Chinese aren't going to... Let's put it this way. The Chinese aren't usually really interested in enforcing copyright law <laughs> from U.S. customers, so there's there's that. I'm sure it is. I don't know the answer to that. It's got to be. I mean, yeah, I would assume it would have to be, but maybe not. I don't know. 
So these are Z270 boards. This is Cavi Lake uh, Z Core i7-7000s, or these still take Skylake parts as well. Um, is that is that say Leet? Is that what that is? L E E T. Yeah, it would appear so. Okay. All right, they're stretching me thin on trying to find ways to really complement this design with the lightsaber name and the Leet handshake. That, that's what it looks like to me, right? Is that two fists bumping or something? It's supposed to be like a mask, like a ninja mask. You think that's a ninja mask? They got their eyes, one eye is lower than the other. Well, it, that's just natural. <laughs> it looks like one of those chips in the back of a credit card. <laughs> the world may never know. Um, so the lightsaber board is a regular ATX board, 6th and 7th gen, 14 phase uh, uh, design on the power, uh, 100% solid cap, dual channel DDR4, all the standard stuff you would you would expect there. Three PCI Express by 16 slots, 8, 8, and 4, although the uh, the 4 comes from the chipset, not from the processor, obviously. Supports AMD Crossfire, does not mention SLI in there, so keep that in mind. One M.2 slot uh, at PCI by 4, one U.2 port as well, and six SATA ports on it the the mini itx form factor board the z270 h4i uh six phase power uh one pci express by 16 slot one m.2 slot for wi-fi or bluetooth right and then it also has an m.2 slot that supports 2242 and 2280 ssds and it does support intel optane i don't think this board up here mentioned that but i'm going to assume that it's yeah it does does support intel optane technology cool uh Yep, four SATA three ports on that particular board. Now the pricing on these is is pretty good. The Mini ITX board is one hundred nine bucks on Newegg for a Mini ITX board. That's pretty good actually. For which uh, which generation again? This is Z two seventy. Shoot. Yeah, for for modern Cabby Lake. That's farm. pretty darn good. Yeah. But now the lightsaber board has an MSRP of one ninety nine. But as Sebastian noted, no current Amazon or Newegg listings in the U.S. You can go figure out why on on your on your own, I guess. Uh, pretty standard design here in terms of look and style. Black PCB. You've got your giant red start button. That's yeah, yeah. There's your U.2 port. Where's your Where's our M.2 on this? Here you go. Between the, the second and third uh, PCIe by 16 slots. Um, nothing really kind of stands out of the ordinary here. I think the U.2 port is an interesting inclusion on a fairly low cost board offering still don't, still don't see many hardware you know storage solutions they're, they're even kinda, they're utilizing this off, but actually yeah yeah since there's only like really one. so here, here's a question for you yeah. big bigger failure what u.2 sat express sat express we literally saw no drives released yeah. with sata express i mean right? u.2 at least if you have that port you can just get the cord to go to uh you know the regular <laughs> style, like two and a yeah. half inch form factor. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know, yeah. But uh, SAT Express, at least, at least SAT Express no. ports on a motherboard fell back to two SATA ports. Yeah, this U.2 port falls back to Jackal. Yeah, I mean, the sad right? thing about the SAT Express is you only got two lanes of PCI Express. Yeah, like yeah. you know, and it was almost immediately eclipsed by the M.2 stuff. Yeah, because that just went straight to buy four, and it was just like, uh, why bother with the. You know. Yep, agreed. Mini ITX board, not much to look at here either. It's all about function over form. The M.2 port is, uh, or M.2 connection is on the back. Um, looks like it that supports up the full size M.2. Uh, I think 2280 is yeah. what it was. Yeah. Dual NIC, 
right? So there's an Intel and a Realtek gigabit NIC on there. A lot of mini ITX motherboards tend to have that feature capability. Is that for it to act as a server like a media, of some kind? Media server, I think. Yeah. 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 And plus, it's got the wireless connectivity as well. So a good combination of, of, uh, of Wi Fi and Wi Fi. on that board, and it's 109 bucks. Like, that's. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of stuff jammed in there for 109 bucks. We've got some benchmarks here. Guess what? They're pretty much the same. <laughs> you use the same processors and memory and stuff. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, the PC one? Mark 8 one has a little bit of variance there, but this yeah. PC Mark 8, so it's within the margin. there's questions. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, you know, yeah, I guess they are kind of within that within that same margin, too. Overclocking capability, uh, nothing fantastic. Uh, although, even on the Mini ITX board, Sebastian was able to hit a solid 4.5 gigahertz on all cores, um, but nothing past that. Um, so there, there is that to deal with. And there's storage performance he's gotten here. Uh, nothing. Let's see. This, he used a Samsung SM961. Got 32 megs per second. 32 megs. 3,200 megabytes per second reads and 1,500 megabytes per second writes on the 256. That's a typo. Gigabyte Samsung SM961. Sebastian, if you're listening. I don't know. It is Sebastian. He could have a 256 meg SM961 SM961. (laughs) drive. Maybe. Yeah. You never. Yeah. It's true. It's probably water cooled too. Uh, So he goes through all of his impressions of using it, going through the BIOS, that type of stuff. The conclusion basically being that um, the mini ITX board got a gold award because of its excellent performance. He said it had decent reliability as well, but the low co- the price of 109 bucks is, is, is really compelling. Um, and then not being able to find the Z270 lightsaber for sale is kind of a, kind of a bummer there, but you can see this picture here of the, the ECS mini ITX board with that cry rig. Um, what the hell's the name of that cooler? I can't remember the name of that cooler, low profile cooler, it's a pretty nice little package of uh, of uh, of compute as well. So check out that review. Uh, very small, very small people behind it. That's why you had a kid, right? Small kid hides behind them. <laughs> no, that's not how you have a kid, but it might be why. <laughs> Those Wi-Fi antennas got to be used for something. Um, so check out that review. That is the Z270 lightsaber and Z270 H4i from Sebastian. And then in a very different note from Mori, we have a review of the Clutch Chairs Throttle Series Gaming Chair. And that's chairs with a Z. How big is the heat sink that he attached to that? Uh, well, you want to measure his butt, you can do that if nope, you want, nope, I guess. Nope, but nope. And that's basically what it is. One of them is transferring heat to the other. You decide which. <laughs> uh, so this is something Maury picked up for himself and, and decided to do a write-up on. We, we have very similar copies of this uh, the whole time, like all over here. Did he have got, the same issue that we have? Um, he did not, at least not initially, not yet. It does look like it sits kind of low. Right. Uh, where where we didn't have yeah well uh, let's see on the last page it looks like it sits kind of low yeah it lists the height as five six to six three no wait that's recommended height for a person uh, so if you're shorter than five six or taller than six three it does not recommend you use this chair if you weigh less than one hundred and seventy pounds it doesn't recommend you use this chair I've never heard of that before well, chair- then what happens if you wait to 
it bounces you off. Too little. It'll launch you into space. <laughs> yeah, it just kicks you out of the chair. It falls forward. <laughs> you go to pull the you go to pull the lever to go up, and it just <laughs> ejector seats you. Well, there went Alan. Yeah, it was a well, good run. Okay. Uh, Max weight three hundred thirty pounds, so I'm safe for now. Um, I mean, steel what, frame. Wait, what was that minimum number again? One hundred and seventy pounds. I don't weigh one seventy. That's all I'm saying. Well, so I you can't, can't use, use this chair. Office, chair. You are test. not. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, I just, I'm just not allowed test. to buy this chair. <laughs> I don't. I don't understand. I, like uh, I'd be afraid to put my child in it. I guess. Right? Emmeline only weighs like twenty nine pounds. Yeah. Just, yeah. They mm. might be worried about. Okay, if it's top heavy, you need to add. You need to have more weight on the chair. No, because if you stood up, then somehow the yeah. chair would fall over. Yeah, right? like They're the chair not, would not I be able guess. to stand by itself if that I were guess. the case. I don't, I don't know. I don't you, know. you can sit on it, but you may never get up uh, yeah. from our chair. Um, so it's got some of the standard stuff here, the 40 armrests. Uh, the, ah, the 180 heavy. degree reclining. You like that. Oh, yes. The taking a nap in your chair. Yes. That might reclining. actually be why they have the weight requirement. That might be the weight requirement right there. Because <laughs> it falls back. If you're too lightweight and you try to do that. It's just your I mean, weight on your head. I guess. <laughs> no. I think if you do that, it doesn't work that way. Why sure not? Does. You're hanging like to. way off the back of the chair, like it's. So a big fat guy, 250 <laughs> pound, lays back, right. and he's got all of his mass in his belly and his shoulders. Well, well, but also you gotta assume his legs are gonna be heavier. No, I mean his legs are gonna be heavier and his butt's gonna be heavier too to offset it. If see? a guy's if a guy's top heavy. Like that, then yes, he is going to shape over. like a pear. You're safe to lean back. <laughs> Otherwise, but I mean, hey, listen, listen, if you, guys. If you pick things up and put them down, then you might, you know, you might get hurt. You might get hurt. You also, might fall over. also, if you lean back in a chair and you fall over, maybe just don't do that again. Don't yeah. don't lean back yeah. quite that far. Right. It just it's just my bed doesn't have a rail on the side anymore it's, it's because like, I'm an adult it's and I weigh setup. between it's, 170 and 275 pounds. It's like an automatic. So it's, it's like an automatic pile driver though. If you are top heavy and you just <laughs> it just like tilts you right no, back on your head. Well, yeah, it would that would yeah. be painful. Um, so yes, it ha- does have infinite tilt lock. Uh, lock the tilt function in any position between zero and 12 inches. So not infinite, uh, not but quite. between zero and 12 inches. Uh, it is PU leather, fake leather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then does it mention the height, max height, size, or anything like that? I, so we don't have to walk through this. This, if you're interested in these gaming chairs, go through Moore's review. It's interesting. It's a good synopsis. Four dimensional so, armrest configuration. It can go into the future. <laughs> no, I think um, the chair that. Where's it at? We have it's over there. One of those other chairs. The gaming ones. Yeah, they have. I mean, it just means that they rotate as yeah, well. That's the that's the fourth dimension, if you think about it. Really, it's just time. all about rotation. It's time. Um, so yes, time passes taxes. if you sit. These in are pricey. Yeah, how much is it? Three seventy five from Clutch Chairs. I mean, that's themselves. that's on par. But it's still super expensive. Yeah, four hundred dollars uh, on Amazon with Prime shipping. I think my Noble was about three twenty. And it was a good, good chair. Yeah. yeah. You say it was, but it is, right? It still is. I mean, I'm still. See, Noble. You okay with it? Noble. Oh. Yeah, I mean, we use ours during our Let's Plays and stuff. I don't dislike the chairs they or don't style. don't go high enough. But, they, yeah, but we they don't have issues where they don't go high enough. Oh, we, they're early model chairs that we have, so like. I don't think they've changed, really. I, I mean, no. 
Yeah, I don't know. And they're all made by the same two companies in China or some derivative thereof, right? With slight tweaks here I'm sure they figured there, out at some point that, hey, no, look. No, Noble is, you know, is this German, and they build it there. It's a different design. How high does it go? Do you know? Oh, gosh. Does it go high Ooh. enough? <laughs> this means literally nothing to me. Because does it go <laughs> higher high than to where your, your legs are up against the table? My, my, my feet are barely touching the okay, ground. Okay, yeah. See, the ones here will not do that. No, they won't. They That's won't. true. You go all the way up. Like, we tried using them sitting at our, t- at our desks, just at standard height desks. And, like, we were kind of like Kilroyd on the desk. Like, what the? Yeah. 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 So, check out that review if you're interested in it. Clutch Chairs Throttle Series Gaming Chair. There you go. Uh, let's move on to some news items here. We're going to start with the first one, which is the Threadripper 1900X was officially launched last week. Uh, on August 31st, it became available. It was actually for sale immediately that day. The Threadripper 1900X is the little brother, cousin, whatever you want to call it. The, low, of the, the other lowest two end Threadripper. Yeah, so we had the 1950 Ugly to 1920. Stepchild. What's that? Ugly stepchild. Uh, maybe. We don't know because they didn't send out any for reviews. We don't actually get to review it yet to see if it is an ugly stepchild. I mean, the general idea is pretty simple, right? The 1900X is... Eight cores, sixteen threads. Whereas you go, you go sixteen, twelve, then eight. Uh, but you still get the same hundred eighty watt TDP. It's still quad channel memory, twenty megs of cache. Uh, you get the full sixty four lanes of PCIe. And although it's not showing up on the damn screen, um, you get a four point zero to three point eight. I'm sorry, three point eight to four point zero clock speed range. Right. So the base clock is actually very high. The base clock of 3.8 is, is that 200 megahertz higher than the 1800X, I believe? Yeah. Yeah, actually, there it is right right below it. Um, so it's an interesting trade-off, right? Because both the Ryzen 7 1800X and the Threadripper 1900X are 8-core 16 threads. The differences are that the there are still two die at work on the Threadripper part. Mm-hmm. So you have another layer of separation between half of the core. So you've yep. got two, two cores per CCX across two dies. Yep. Does that make sense? Each with half of the memory attached to it. Correct. Yep. Right. So there are going to be instances where the eight core 16 thread Threadripper can be slower than the Ryzen 7 1800X in those highly memory latent uh, areas. Yep. Right. Now, let me get over here so you guys can see the price on it, too. Um, <clears throat> but there is the advantage of the Threadrippers that you have access to significantly higher PCI Express lane counts, 64 instead of 24. Uh, you get quad-channel memory, so memories that are, are applications that are very memory bandwidth heavy rather mm-hmm. than memory latency heavy uh, will see an, in- an improvement yeah. in performance. And you do get the ability that. to control how the memory thing works, like you can yeah. put it in the NUMA mode yep. if you want to. And also, I'm, I'm curious, right? They're rated at the same 180-watt TDP, even though they have half the cores of the 1950X. So I'm wondering if there's any overclocking headroom, although we seem to have hit a hard limit on all Ryzen die of, like, what, 4.1, 4.2 gigahertz from, from with, like, standard liquid cooling solutions. Um, now, it has a 559 or $549 price tag compared to 499 of the Ryzen 7 1800X. However... The Ryzen 7 1800X hasn't sold for 499 in quite a long time. It's more That's around like 430, 440. Okay. Now, right? So there is a more significant price delta between these two parts. And especially if you consider the platform. 
Yeah, and 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 literally, I was looking this up because we were. I was trying to get a 1900X in for testing. I was like, okay, let's look at this as what is the cheapest system I can build with this massive amount of connectivity? Yeah. And I think the lowest priced X399 board I found was 340, 340 yeah. bucks. And that was an Asus X399 Prime A. That's up there. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's, it's, not, a, it's not a cheap system, but they are out there now. They are available. They were for sale immediately that day. Hopefully we'll have one in. Uh, relatively soon to do some uh, to do some testing and comparisons. Really curious is just to see, you know, um, how it compares against the eight core Skylake X part mm-hmm. or the or the Ryzen seven eighteen hundred X, right? And it'll be really curious once Coffee Lake is released in its six core parts how it compares to the eight core uh, Third Ripper nineteen hundred X. So things are going to get more interesting before they get less interesting. I can assure you guys of uh, of that. All right, let's take a quick break from the show proper to thank today's podcast sponsor. That's right, everybody. It is Casper back again. Um, this episode of the PC Perspective Podcast is brought to you by that very company, Casper. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the cost. They are revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and showrooms and passing that savings directly to the consumer. The benefits of Casper include uh, obsessively engineered product at a very fair price. They are made of supportive memory foams for a sleep surface with just the right sink and just the right bounce. Uh, plus, its breathable design sleeps cool to help you regulate your temperature through the night, which sounds sounds very important. Regulating of temperature. Yes. Don't want to be too hot. Don't want to be too cold. It's a breathable design. It sleeps uh, cool to keep uh, I literally just read that line, right? Uh, Casper's mattresses are made in the USA. Buying the Casper mattresses all, uh, is easy. You order online. It's delivered to your door in a compact, not, I don't want to say little box, but a compact box. It is dense. It is very dense when you get it. Uh, and free shipping, free returns. It's available in the US, Canada, and now in the UK. So that's actually new for our listeners. If you're in the UK, you can now get a Casper mattress there. Risk-free 100-day trial, uh, considering uh, we spend one-third of our lives, hopefully, on a mattress. It's important to truly sleep on a mattress before committing. That's why Casper gives you 100 nights to try it out. You can save an additional $50 towards a mattress purchase by going to casper.com slash PCPer and entering the promo code PCPer. That's casper.com slash PCPer, promo code PCPer. Terms and conditions do apply, so read up on those. And we thank Casper for their support of the PC Perspective podcast. Now, there is um, there's another line of this ad read that I didn't include in the ad proper that I do feel like is necessary for me to read. Um, and I, this, I felt like they maybe wrote this one for Josh. Uh, it says, your Casper mattress provides the cradled support of memory foam while offering a bouncy surface for sitting or other bedroom activities. Other bedroom activities, like crocheting. Right. You, a lot of bounce point. is important. Yeah. For needlepoint. Exactly. <laughs> um, uh, calligraphy. Mm-hmm. Also important to have you a lot of bounce. use a lot of bouncing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. All these things are, are crucial. Uh, let's get into Pouring ins- apples. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Call it whatever you want. Um, so uh, this was interesting. This kind of just cropped up. There is an Intel Skylake X die shot that was 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 brought forth through. And I'm never going to pronounce this. It, how do you pronounce the overclocker's name? Ken. 
who did this? DeBauer? Well, it's Derba- Dare. Derba- like, Dare you know, Bauer? Well, like the British. They're not the British. Sorry, the German. Like, like the Bears? More or less. He spells it with an eight, so I assume that's just the B, right? D. So, Bauer. Yeah, Dear Bauer. Dear D. Bauer. Bauer. Yeah. Uh, so he got his hands on um, a, I guess what it was determined is actually a 12-core part, right? Uh, but it was part of the 12, 14, 16, 18-core class of Skylake X processors. And he did, uh, the very first thing that you do when you get a brand new part is you delit it. Sure. And this is the result. This is what we're looking at here. So this Look, is. It's, it's like, it's like. The die on a substrate, the substrate on a PCB. That's true. There is another layer in there. Yeah. It sure is. Huh. Yeah. How many? Well, I what wish, make wish I'd see the heat sink on that thing, too, because that makes you mean um, the heat spreader? putting it all together a little bit more interesting. Well, I think all the... All the Skylake X parts are probably built like this. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Well, actually, here. They're, they they yeah. have that... They have that interesting lid design yeah. where it does kind of like hug the middle. Oh. More yeah, than That's, normal. So this is a picture of the 10-core die here, um, which is significantly smaller. And so what the, the point of these two pictures is even though they're not from the same angle, they do share the same uh, processor socket size. So you get an idea of the difference in that die capacity going from the 10-core to the 18 – up to 18-core uh, derivative. Okay, well – that makes sense then, because you're going to have a different amount of pins on that die versus scroll down. You think that die, but you've got to have a common socket. Yeah, you're going to have different different power and ground. Yeah, uh, it looks Would like you the have different pins. The keying looks. You're going to have different pins on the well, not uh, uh, I guess the the correct term is going to be like BG ball grid like ball grids, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm and curious. So why would you need different? different that. Why would you need different pins? Because oh, okay, the, okay. the, the memory channel. Well, okay. You need more it's, power it's and ground. ground. That's going to be the big difference. It's a, it's a different design. The you, need to, you need to interpose to get the, the pin to get the okay. contacts to where you want them. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. So there's actually that's and there's, and there's the a two. third die to this as well that's not available in Skylake X. That is the up to 28 core die. That exists for the Xeon scalable, well, but that's the parts. Po- that's the that's like, the one that looks like the size the of a business card, card yeah. processor die. Yeah. Also worth noting is you can tell by the fact that this die is so shiny and clean um, that Intel is still not using. Uh, they're still not soldering Solder. the heat spreaders on. They're still using a thermal interface. So yep. the people that were lamenting about that will continue uh, to be able to lament about that fairly, yeah. I think. But you know, lament about it nonetheless. Um, actually, let me look up. I had an email here. Let me see something real fast. Where I go quoting numbers that maybe are accurate. The approximate die size of the LCC, the low core count die, this one here that I'm showing, is about 300 square millimeters. Okay. The this one is approximately 450 square millimeters. How's that compare to like a that's a pretty big GPU right there. Is that, is yeah. that like a Pascal yeah, GP102 GPU size. style? It's a 500 millimeter square, about. Yeah. Okay, and then the, the the big guy, the XCC, not pictured in this story, is approximately 600 millimeters Remember square. how small these things used to be? Uh, yeah, like, well, yeah. That's some process tech for like you. The old, yeah. the old Pentiums and stuff. And it's all about that. Do you remember I'm Duron? How tiny. small Duron was? Yeah, I do. With the exposed die, cracked yeah. dies. Yeah, no. tiny, <laughs> tiny. 
Uh, so th- then nothing's particularly interesting about this. Like from a from a, like a review standpoint, we don't have a whole lot of performance numbers yet. Uh, but this does indicate that one, like the launches are pending on this, and also, holy crap, that's a massive yeah, it's a massive die. It, it is interesting to note, like so, the eighteen, sixteen, fourteen, and twelve cores will all use this die. I, I really hope they do better things with their thermal compound, even if it's not soldered. I just hope they're doing better you things. You just hope it's a better thermal Whatever compound? Whatever they're or? doing needs to be better than what it was with, like, even the 7700K. I don't think they're going to change right, anything. Right, which is just, like, you know, when you get... going to change anything. When you get people that are shifting over to the, like, delitting and shifting to the liquid metal stuff and seeing, like, you know, tens of degrees of a difference. Yeah. I don't, I don't disagree right. that there is a significant change yeah. and that they should do it. Yeah. I just don't think they're going to. It's just, right? like, the heat spreader... They clearly it's, qualified this process, and they're not going to start changing it over for their two thousand dollar high end desktop part. Well, then they, I'm not saying you need. A, I'm not saying you need a different process. Part. I'm just saying maybe you need better thermal compound or something. Yeah. Some, something needs to change. I just don't there. think there's going to be any changes. Yeah. I don't. I don't think they're going to do any of that type of stuff. So, I would say don't count on it. Okay. Um, that would be that would be my indication. Um, what else do we have? Uh, oh yeah, here's one. Not from PC Per, but I wrote it, so I'm putting it in here anyway. Uh, Market Watch. This is so essentially this story. Well, this doesn't really scale as well, does it? There you go. Thank you. Um, this story is based around a set of data. So there's a, a German retailer called Mind. What is it? Mind Market. Mind Factory. Mind Factory, which is about as awesome as That's a name pretty good for name. a hardware retailer. Uh, that you could get. Um, is, our, is our YouTube live stream having an issue? Yeah, it seems like YouTube's having an issue, okay. not on our side. Okay. Anyway, um, so they publicly post their sales data. Right? Uh-huh. So people have just been keeping track of it and compiling it. Right? Yep. And so what's interesting is, um, I don't think this... The chart's really hard to read. It. Well, there we go. How's that? Is that a little bit better? That's a little bit better. So what you're looking at now is units sold on the left side of March here is 27.6%. That's how many, that's the market share of units sold of AMD. Okay. So the left bar of each pair of bars. Yes. Is, is AMD. AMD. The right one is, is in. So all the different and weird colors. if you look colors, over here, you can see, you can actually have a breakdown of each of the SKUs. Yeah. But the, the, the point I was trying to make was more about the totals in this case, right? And then as you go from left to right there. The left bar is going up. gains ground yeah. on the right bar. 27, 36, 42, 47, 48, and then in August, 56.1. Which is higher So that marks Intel. the first time in this reseller's history, yeah. at, at least in the last decade or so, that AMD's processors have outsold Intel's processors. And what's interesting is there's a couple of interesting things you can see about it that I didn't write in the, in the MarketWatch story because it's just a totally different type of audience. But if you see... Um, like the most popular part, if you see this uh, light, I wish I had an annotation. It's here. a light green. I don't know if you can see where I'm touching. Is that the 1600X? So that is the 1600, the R5 oh. 1600, and you can see its its share of that is huge, right? Like it's oh, it's that's the biggest big. part of that. Yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. biggest part of their sales because it, it's like a 220 dollars part. It's six cores. It's you know overclockable to higher frequencies. Um, and it's 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 the darling of kind of like the enthusiast DIY market. Also interesting to note is that the Deep Purple, which is the Core i7 7700K mm-hmm. on the Intel side, is it's far and away the dominant seller. Like 50% oh, yeah. of its units yeah. are that part. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting to see that AMD has 
you know, like they're selling a significant amount of 1400s, you know, 15, 16, 16X, 1700, 1700X, um, 1800X, not a whole lot. Um, yeah. But it's they have like a diverse portfolio of, of parts that people are are interested in, right? Whereas Intel was clearly like the 7700K is their bread and butter. Uh, their next one down is the 7600K, right? Um, and it's not like, um, you know, it's like the whole market in general, like slightly dipped a little bit, like between May and June from the looks of it, like just overall, like maybe the, I don't know. Um, well, I mean, these are just no, units they're, they're, sold. they're all percentages, right? Oh, yeah, yeah all it's percentages. all percentages. You really yeah, can't yeah, tell. Yeah. Now, that being said, you can look at, and they also show revenue, and also in August was the first time that AMD's revenue was higher um, than Intel's. And what, what I thought was interesting there was, see the deep red at the top of the 54% there for AMD in August? That's the 1950X. That's the Threadripper. So part. wait, it's not just percentages. The number on the legend on the left yeah, side right. is the total CPU sold. Right. Correct. Correct. So yeah. So, so like two million dollars, Reich marks. Yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> you're right. You're right. <laughs> so, uh, so it's like the the market kind of dipped down. When you, did you see that? Like you know between April and May, and you know because like yeah, you have Intel going down and AMD staying the staying sure. the same. But the to- I mean, you got to see what the total of it is, right? So you're like eight thousand plus three thousand right, 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 right. is eleven, but on in an August you're looking at seven plus. Yeah, but look at like uh, the 36.5% in April, and you barely get a little bit more to get 42.2%. That's because Intel came down. Yeah, that's true. That's true. May May was clearly lower. Right, right. So that's what I'm saying. So it's like there was a dip, but then as the market climbed back out of it, AMD gained ground faster than Intel did. Yep, Yep. very true. And so my point I'm trying to make there is it's not like just August out of the blue, AMD just, you know, it wasn't just like one company bought. 4,000 no, no, no. AMD it was, CPUs it was or something. like a gradual Yeah, it was, gradual it, was, it was a very steady kind of gain on them. What, one of the things I, that I was pointing about the 1950X is if you look at it here, its share of revenue is actually pretty significant considering it was released on August 10th. And if you look at its share of units there, it's very small. But because it's a $999 part, right. it's having a, a pretty good impact. And also note that like... The Core i7 7900X revenue is way smaller than um, the red of the 1950X. Just kind of giving you an indication of um, the popularity. So actually, this is a better – if you look at units – let me let me zoom in here. That's as much as I can zoom in. So the red at the top is number of units sold of the 1950X. Mm-hmm. The white-blue uh, hash, which is barely visible of top, the 43.9, that's units sold of the 7900X. So – Threadripper was clearly outselling um, 7900X and Skylake X at that point. Yep. Now, I will freely admit that this is one data point from one retailer. Only from one retailer, yeah. uh, and, I, and I've talked to enough people who know what's going on at Amazon and Newegg here in North America. And this is not a – my 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 sense from talking with uh, people at AMD, people at motherboard vendors, people at the uh, resellers themselves – Red Ripper is outselling Skylake X. Uh, but you mean you're saying that this is not a corner case? That this is more industry wide well, in retail I'm saying, and resellers. I'm saying, I'm saying it's the trend is industry wide, but I don't think North America has seen the catch up. Like I don't. 
even AMD in, in kind of private conversations saying, no, we don't think Ryzen is outselling Core i7 and Core i5 yet, but we're catching up, right? right. And so they, they believe they're on that pathway. Um, what, will be, what will be interesting to me is what impact Coffee Lake has on that and the anticipation of Coffee Lake, the new six-core parts uh, for the consumers that will, that will likely be out sometime later this year, um, and what AMD's response is going to be, right? So now you've kind of awoken the giant. What are they going to do? If, if a six-core 8700K comes out and they price it right, you're going to put a lot of pressure on any of those uh, 1800X, 1700X sales that existed today, and maybe even at the bottom of that Threadripper line, we were talking about that 1900X. So um, very interested to see what, what happens throughout the rest of the year. But this is, this, is like a, this is just a good sign that things are moving in the right direction. This is the largest shop in Europe, supposedly. Okay. I, I didn't really, honestly, I didn't know much about them. I had heard of them, and I knew that they were a bigger entity. I know they were, the, think they're the largest in Germany, but I didn't know where they stood in, in Europe as a whole. But, hmm. yeah. So it's it's good news. It's not um, it's not like suddenly AMD's rolling in the in the cash and they can start spending spending spending. But uh, it's it's a good indicator for other other areas. And this is keep in mind this is like this is a place selling components. This is not channel sales. Yeah, you know, like to SIs or whatever. And uh, actually, one of my other indicators from an outside source was that actually SIs like hot like. Your main gears, your cyber powers, those types of SIs, not like Dell, HP, the, the smaller SIs are seeing more uptick from AMD than even maybe the channel is. So it's, it's potentially good news, potentially good news for them. Good news for competition. Yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. I mean, we got in another Threadripper platform here. We're going to build a kick-ass system around. And like, think about a year ago, somebody saying we want to build a high-end AMD compute machine. I'm going to use an AMD processor for it. Like, would not have probably not would not have thought that would be the statement. Actually, Josh, in that in that in that story, I did mention that. So the biggest selling AMD part was the 1600. It had like a 220 dollars selling price. Mm -hmm. How do you think that compares to say a year ago today, or even six months ago, like before Ryzen launch, with the at with the best selling in AMD part selling price was what do you think i honestly don't know i'm just kind of looking for you think it was like a hundred bucks you know i think there there are two real big sellers the 8230 and the 8250 i think were their top two 8230 was a hundred bucks 110 and then the 8350 is it hovered 129 to 139 for that time so yeah they've they've doubled their asp on their most popular part easily Yep. I mean, that, and that's, that tells you that if just if your ASP, your average selling price is higher, the cost hasn't gone up dramatically, right, for the die itself. So that's, that's also a good sign for the profitability of... I think actually the, the cost per die actually went down. There you go. Yeah. They'll take that, I bet. SOI, 32 nanometer versus, you know, pretty big, 260 some odd. And now 14 nanometer Ryzen was 130. Nice. 140. I think. Uh, before we move on to our next story, we got two Patreon editions. Joshua Hansen has edited their pledge from $5 to $7. Thank you very much, Josh, for that. And Tinker Toy Tech just came on as a pledge as five. Tinker bucks. Try? Tinker Toy. 
Tinker oh. Toy Tech. Hmm. $5 pledge. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Uh, okay. Lenovo. We weren't done with the IFA announcements. Lenovo announced the Yoga 920 and 722-in-1s featuring the... So the Yoga 920 is their flagship consumer 2-in-1. So that's got the 8th gen uh, quad-core Cabby Lake refresh processor that we've talked a lot about last week. So no need to really... Um, dive too much into that it's it's the newer version of the laptop you have in front of you one of the laptops you have in front of you oh good because they're asking for this one back so we can swap that out for the <laughs> yeah. new cabby lake r quad core uh <laughs> um it has a optional lenovo active pen 2 with 4096 levels of pen sensitivity uh et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, i really do like these machines a lot like i think this is actually a really nice piece of hardware I feel bad for it that it's its main duty over the last year has been sitting on my desk and allowing me to do scroll, scroll through my own web pages with it. But hey, you know, you do what you're gonna do. Um also they announced these bad boys. Uh-oh. Uh <laughs> Yoga nine twenties with custom well, I don't know, not really custom, but with Star Wars insignias on them and Imperial and a rebel logo on them. Uh, I actually went to Best Buy and saw these, and they're really just kind of like and. add-ons to the back of it type of thing. Yeah. So it's it's kind of like the uh, linoleum type on your counter that you did cheap. Um, I mean, they're they're high gloss, and then there's a piece of plastic over it, like it's a clear, gorilla glass, huh? It's gorilla oh, it's glass. glass over top yeah. of it. So I mean, it looks nice, and I would totally. Like, if they were going to send one of these instead of a normal one, like, I would totally accept it and have it here with the logo on it for you guys to see for the next 12 months. Um, and, of course, Disney will cancel your, you know. Yeah, they'll they'll take down the show, I'm sure. Uh, also, yeah. I, I forget who it was in the chat that said, instead of saying yoga, it was probably Jeremy. It was a commenter. Was it? Oh, it should say Yoda yeah. in the corner. The Yoda 9 for, for clarification... The ones you can buy today are the Yoga 910 with those designs, but they said they will ship the 920 when the 920 comes out. Oh, so the ones I saw at Best Buy were, were the, the 910s. 910s. Okay. Yeah. All right. I mean, I didn't buy one, so that's fine. You bought two. Oh, yeah. No, not really. All right. Starting price, 1329 Uh The Yoga 720 starting price, 649 Uh The Yoga 720 is the compact 12-inch um, different processor platform, all that type of stuff, too. So. There was uh, the ending of our of our IFA eighth gen processor announcements, if you will. Um, real quick, we're gonna we're gonna bring this up, if only because uh, we have a review pending on this for a while. The HP S seven hundred Pro one terabyte hard drive. This is a review over at Benchmark Reviews. We won't need to click over there or look at it or anything like that. We have a S seven hundred Pro, and I think the other one's just S seven hundred. Yes, it's just Pro and non Pro. Yeah, uh, various capacities. Um, SATA drives, uh, anything stand. They're okay. They're, they're, they're okay performing SATA drives. Yeah. That's, you know. What does that get- mean in today's world to be okay performing? I mean, they're, they're. Cause it's like, you've got, what's your top? 850? 850 Evo. Evo is the, is like the top. Yeah. These are not going to be faster than 850 Evo. Yeah. But, but like, they'll be reasonably close? close. Pretty close. You know, like, you're talking like, you know, say 70 or 80% of the, of of the performance roundabout, you know, okay. but are there other drives faster than this that aren't the 850 pro? Probably. Uh, I'd have to, I'd have to put them in charts and 
Okay. Try to compare. There's not a lot of drives faster than A50 Pro, and A50 Pro is kind of like usually a Pro decent or Evo. step. Or sorry, A50 Evo. Yeah. Even they're both basically the same for SATA. But yeah, that that just the combination of that controller and the flash in that particular model just still, yeah. just, you know, embarrasses a lot of all the other SATA stuff. These use 3D NAND, um, 570 megs reads, 525 megs writes for the one terabyte variants. So we'll follow up with more on that. Yep. More on that later. It's an interesting thing seeing HP on it because it's not. It's probably not like HP proper. Uh, HP proper kind of didn't even know this was a thing. Yeah, like it's, it's, it's just like kind of like a, separate, a branding. It's like they have a separate. It's from uh, no doubt. It's from a a part of HP, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's not like you know just some random company down the street's going to sure, slap no, HP no, on no, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so obviously they could put their logo on it and get away with that. You know, legally, right? But it's like you know. Yeah, not like HP proper. Right. You know, it's like they they have a little storage subdivision somewhere, and those guys decided to put an SSD out. Yeah. yeah. Right. I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, Gigabyte released a GTX 1080 Mini ITX 8-gig card. Of course, it's 8-gig card. It gets GTX 1080. Um, 17-centimeters in length only. Uh, retaining the dual slot design, but it is not. I believe, can you correct me? It is not a two slot plus. It is a legitimate two slot. Yeah, and I think if you're going to put yourself into a mini ITX chassis, you kind of don't have any choice. Yeah, better well be right. Yeah, uh, still got that DVI output, which I'm a fan of. Not a it's, whole lot of tini- wait. Do tinnies do have? Yeah, the tinnies. Yeah, the tinnies reference does. If you look DVI. at that shroud, it's really close to being to what you would consider plus. Yeah, it's kind of like right there at that edge, isn't it? I don't think you could put, like, I don't think you could take two of these and put them SLI side by side. No, no, and these are, like, like I said, these are meant for mini ITX right. systems where a single GPU is all you're really looking for anyway. Yeah. Um, now, I will say, sometimes it's kind of cramped trying to get even a two-slot GPU into yeah. a mini ITX system, depending yeah. on, you know, the orientation and the case and whatnot. It has an OC mode where it's rated at 1771 megahertz boost, uh, which is which is pretty good. Um, they, Gigabyte also sells GTX 1070 and GTX 1060 models in this kind of form factor, but it's nice to see a 1080 in there. Ken, you were saying earlier that like Zotac mm-hmm. has these kind of available already, and do they also but have the, a 1080 Ti? They do. Uh, this it's, Gigabyte it's a little longer than this, though. Yeah, the Gigabyte is smaller. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's nice. The uh, the GTX 1080 Mini from Zotac is a two fan, I believe. I at least know the 1080 Ti hmm. is a two fan yeah. configuration, which so. also makes it a little bit longer. Yeah, than this, right. Than this one, I do think this is kind of a a tall card. I guess is the. It's always difficult to describe that one dimension. It's not long. Yeah. It's not thick. It's but it's height. tall. Uh, height over the yeah, and they don't really look at that. Like so the, we're talking about this. Yeah, I saw some photos that right that here. cooler's kind of tall, so you might run into some clearance issues. Okay, in some cases, it's always. I mean, and in reality, anytime you're building a mini ITX system in a very cramped mini ITX case, you have to be cognizant of this type of stuff, from CPU cooler to your GPU cooler, all that stuff uh, comes into play. So, very neat. Uh, you know, hey, speaking of this small form factor crap, I haven't heard any more else about that Vega Nano, have we? Nope. Weird. Nope. Huh. It's almost like they don't have any GPUs to allocate to that. Yeah. yeah. I they, mean, they would need to sell it at a premium. even hitting the price point where yeah. Vega Nano is going to do would be a little tough. Yeah, they never apparently. announced pricing or anything of that, did they? 
don't know. think they ever. I mean, the Fury did. Nano was the same up. way; it just kind of showed back up, from what I remember. Like, yeah, it was significantly after the yeah, but they Fury did like X a launch. launch target with that they did reviews of it and all that sure, type of stuff yeah like i think they're radio silent on it for a good while mm. well we'll see obviously we're still waiting for uh that market to to settle down anyway yeah uh i don't uh, jeremy's not here but he did write this up before he l- wait a minute yeah that uh this the is whole, yesterday the whole superfish thing is like i think it's done now basically court Final decided judgment. that as this was Lenovo's first offense they would not be fined instead they have only been asked to follow procedures that most would assume they already had to mm. yeah so they have to um they have to give clear notice to customers of any data collection or ad serving programs bundled on their laptops and get consent before the software is installed mm. uh and they're also they've doing been an ordered ongoing... to conduct security ordered to do is conduct security audits for the next two decades yep and to notify users of the existence of pre-installed software <laughs> imagine telling a company for the next 20 years you are going to do this thing yeah 20 years man we can't plan 20 weeks are you <laughs> well, serious well, it's not about planning they just it's just a thing yeah. you got to do for the next 20 years it's like they're on uh you know what's that thing uh, probation right Double that's true probation yeah uh what court was this security probation was this a European court or an American court that did this? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. Uh, or like a Chinese court. <laughs> Is the Slashdot story even mentioned? Uh, Let's looking. see. It was a Canadian FTC. court, and they had to say they're sorry. Uh, sorry. FTC. Sorry. So it was, a US, it was a U.S. agency involved. Okay. FTC's indictment. So there you go. Yeah. You know, speaking of this, inserting ads into even HTTPS protected web pages, uh, where was I at? Oh, I was at the Intercontinental in LA during SIGGRAPH. Right. I think that's where I was at. Yeah. And you're on their Wi Fi. I'm, I'm on their Wi Fi and I'm browsing a web page on my phone. And a little pop up comes up and says, What do you think of our service? Rate us one to five stars. Like one, a little, negative like a little one pop star. up. And I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Negative are one. you doing this? And they did it on my on my main machine too. So they were interjecting a pop up. Yes. A pop up into wow. it. Now I will say, um, after I saw it the second time, I kind of was keeping track and I don't think I ever saw it on a on a secure site. Right? So on HTTPS. It shouldn't be possible. Well, yeah. Unless they spoof their own HTTPS server and then forward. Which is what Superfish did. Well, it was an invalid yeah. cert. They would have yeah. to do what Superfish was doing. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Why do I have to hit advanced uh, link on in my browser to, to go to this <laughs> HTTPS site that I've always had to go to, you know, and just showed right up? Yeah. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Yep, yep. Seems odd. Anyway, uh-huh. don't like it. Uh Another news post here, Aurorus X5 V7 gaming laptop with G-Sync and overclocking capability. Uh, it, what is this? So this is a new gaming laptop, 15.6-inch screen, IPS display, pre-installed color scheme, and available on either 2880 by 1620 or 4K. Uh, though the GTX 1070 it contains may have some performance issues at that resolution. So it has uh, the high-end 7820HK quad-core Cabby Lake processor in the GTX 1070. This is not a Max-Q design, I don't think. It doesn't look like Max-Q. Is it? It's kind of thin. It's kind of thin. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But yeah, I'm not really sure on it. So I'm trying to figure out if the res- if the refresh goes higher on the lower resolution screen. It but may it's not. Doesn't seem yeah. to. You'd think it would because you know the unit that the tech report looked at had a pre-installed 256 gig PCIe NVMe SSD with an empty M.2 2280 slot for nice. future upgrading. Uh, 16 gigs of DDR4 2400, two USB 3.1 Type C ports. One of which supports Thunderbolt Probably 3. 16 gigs in so a modern really, gaming laptop. That's it's really, amazing. It's really a USB 3.1 Type-C port and a Thunderbolt 3 port. <laughs> but uh, what was that, Ken? It's only 16 gigs of system RAM in a modern gaming laptop. That's amazing. They usually ship with 32, yeah, which I is don't way too much. I don't understand why that's the case. The last two gaming laptops we've had have had 32 gigs of system It's usually memory. like 24 or 32, which is just ridiculous. Yeah, I don't, for I don't know if they're... Notebook. I don't know if, if people seem to believe that there's some inherent benefit to having more system memory on a notebook for some kind of efficiency reason or whatever, or if it's just like, well, yeah. you're probably never going to upgrade this. Well, this is a three thousand dollar computer, I mean, so it used to be so that you wouldn't swap to the really slow laptop hard drive right. as often. But that now was now you have PCI you know, SSDs. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So that review uh, is actually over at the Tech Report. So check that out if you are interested there. In our last news story. Is where we play uh, like the taps or something like that. We didn't cue any any sound effects up, uh, but Intel has finally end of life the Core i7 6700K and the Core i5 6600K, as well as some other parts I'd never really heard of. Um, end of lifing a, a, the Skylake consumer desktop processors. Yeah. R.I.P. 6098P. That's right. My the 6098P Core i3 was. Was probably my favorite all-time Intel processor. They were still making those, huh? They're still making them because oh, oh. Um, uh, the product discontinuance program support begins yesterday. Oh, um, now it says it does say product discontinuance demand to local Intel representative is due by December eighth, thirty seventeen. That's probably a typo, and that should be twenty seventeen. <laughs> I don't think you get a thousand years uh, on this, um, but the last order date is. March 30th, 2018, and then the last delivery date, shipment date, is September 7th, 2018. So they'll still be shipping them for another year. So as I wrote in here, it kind of gives you an idea of how convoluted like an EOL system is for a company like this who's making processors that go into consumer machines, business machines, enterprise machines, yeah. embedded systems, you know, where they've guaranteed lifespan to these customers. Um I mean, they're still... It's impressive. At least recently, in the past couple of years, they're still fabbing 486 processors because they're mission-critical computers yeah. in applications like government and military that need those processors. And, and NASA. Yeah. I, I did write at the end that uh, this was like... I said it marks the end of an interesting window of time for Intel where it had clear and uncontested dominance of the consumer processor market. Rereading my conclusion to the 6700K review reveals almost no mention of a relevant AMD competing part. Yeah. Making today's situation with Ryzen and Threadripper all the more impressive. And I do think that's really the case. Like this was – when this processor launched, it was – the whole story was, oh, man, is Intel going to be able to have enough performance to warrant an upgrade over the other Intel processor you almost assuredly have installed in your system? So is this uh, starting the end-of-life process on this particular part like sooner than say the prior i don't know the answer to that like maybe intel like as well or something like maybe intel is like holy crap now there's competition we gotta I like don't, i don't think so i mean when did the 6700k launch 
Uh, launched uh, in 2015. Yeah, yeah. Uh, August 2015. So it's been over two I, years since it launched. I, mean, I guess. Yeah. And and they're going to ship it for another year. It maybe That's seems a, a little bit window. quick, but keeping in mind that now Cabby Lake is not just here, like the seventh gen, but we're already, yeah, we're like already welcoming eighth. in the yeah. eighth gen. Yeah. You know, the eight eight thousand series, like the. It's you, time. You, you want to limit what your responsibilities are going into the yeah, future. Suddenly you have four or five generations all being in production that you haven't EOL'd yet. Right. You're responsible for those. Yeah. You need to transition that per, line over to some, some new line or yeah. whatever. Yeah. 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 But it, I, I do, I do they, find they it. They need to free up the solder, I, the solder, the heat spreader thing <laughs> so they can use it on the. Yeah. Yeah. The solder, the solder heat spreader to the dye machine have one was machine. being used by this. Yeah. yeah. You're right. You're I right. Think, right. No, that machine is, has been used since like the 3770. Oh, darn. Mm. I haven't soldered a CPU at all. It was a good thought. Well, it was a good thought. They did solder the ESQ parts before. It was a good thought. Uh, All right. So I guess that's it for our news and crap today already. Feels like it went quick. I I accept it. We'll move on with that. Um, Let's get into our hardware software picks of the week. Mine is a video game for not PC. Okay. I know. This is Mario Kingdom Battle. AKA Mario and Rabbids. What do you play it on? Uh, Nintendo Switch. Okay. Um, it is, uh, let's see, can't help me describe this. It is a strategy turn based. It's XCOM light with Mario characters. XCOM for babies with Mario characters. Okay. So your daughter's playing it? No, I'm definitely the one playing oh, it. XCOM okay. for babies like me. Uh, and it's really simplistic. Like your percentages, you're either going to hit that guy 100%, 50%, or 0% of the time. Right? Okay. Uh, but you have, you know, the the action moves are you can, you know, if you land on your teammate, you can get a, like a jump kick forward. If you walk through your enemy, you do like a slide tackle and you can still move and shoot from a different. It is turn-based. Yeah, okay. it's turn-based like XCOM. Um, but it uses Mario characters and Mario has a gun. So Wait, it's, it's got dumb bunnies. It has, Mario has a gun. Dumb bunnies come around. It looks like a portal gun. Uh, it's more like the Mega Man gun. Well, than anything. Actually, yeah. it does look like the Mega Man gun. It kind of looks like bit. the Buster, doesn't it? Uh, Peach has a gun. Uh, you have Rabid Peach here, which is essentially, they call it cosplay. I call it cross-dressing. You know, whatever you want to do. They've got uh, Rabid Mario, <laughs> Rabid Luigi, who is a special character. Dumb we'll bunnies. Say. They're dumb bunnies. It's it's pretty fun. It's pretty good so far, though. I can have, did you play this? Have no, you, did I you buy it? it? You didn't buy it yet? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's gotten pretty good reviews. It is, it is again, it has like a tech tree. It has, um, some light, not, not really platforming, but puzzle stuff as well, but it's really about the turn-based, the turn-based style of it. Also, it's just, it's very unique because it, it presents the Mario characters in a very unique fashion that they haven't really before. Like, um, they say the word hell in the game. Really? Um, they make a joke about a Goomba wiping its butt with like a spray of water bidet style thing. Cause this is, this is the character of the rabbits. Like this is their personality. They like right? the poop jokes. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're like that kind of, they're totally very child friendly. Um, poop jokes are totally t- child friendly. Yeah. I mean, it's with a bidet involved. It's not really a bidet. Like there's a, there's a Goomba who's being sprayed from the bottom by a fountain. And the joke is, I think like, his backside has never been so clean or something to that effect, right? <laughs> right, so you laugh. Okay. And so that's that's the rabbit humor in it, but it's interesting to see that mixed in with with Mario, which is has never really had any that's of never that gone there. type of any of that I type was of wrong. Stuff. It's the raving rabbits. 
Yeah, it's not rabbits. It's rabbids. R a b i d. R i b b i d. S. Yes. So if you have a switch, it's worth checking out. Um, on uh, Amazon, it's now forty nine bucks. So it went down another five dollars. Ken, if you want to pick it up, um, it doesn't Amazon do that thing where, like, it's like fifteen percent if you pre-ordered it or something. I guess it's like pre-order or within a couple of weeks of release. But since they have it, ten bucks off. I don't think they're doing that. Okay. All right. So check that out. I thought it's pretty interesting. I don't play my Switch very often, um, but that's the one. Like, if I'm laying in bed and my wife is asleep, I can like play that and not disturb anybody, wife, child, whatever. Uh, so take a look at that if uh, if you have a Switch, which I continue to be impressed with. I saw two people playing them on my flight home from L.A. last time. Uh, although, to be fair, one of them... <laughs> One of them was playing Zelda, and then as I was like, oh, that's cool. And then, of course, that's what he's playing because it's a Switch, and that's what you do. Uh, the, he, had, he had a Zelda uh, uh, messenger bag as well, like the Triforce logo across. Just taking it, oh, it seriously. Okay. All right. Well, clearly I knew what I was getting in for getting in more now. All right. Uh, Jeremy's not here, so we'll jump straight to Josh. What do you got for me? Why, why would you want to do that? I don't really have a choice. You're just next on the list. Well, that's good. So anyway, on our last jaunt to England, I picked this up for 20 bucks. Oh, hold on. Let me click and it's it. It's a solid, solid converter. All right. It's got everything you need. Is this it's, Conair it's, the hairdryer company? Exactly. Oh, I thought it was the Nick Cage movie. So that's a, <laughs> it's not a transformer, right? Like, I don't think it needs to be a transformer anymore because stuff will just run. It's just a physical plug adapter, right? I think so. No, it gets hot. It transforms. Uh, Getting hot does not equal transforms. Oh, okay. Well, well, it also has USB port in there, so there's a power supply in there. It's not a transformer going from... Yeah, like, it might not not convert 220 to 110 or something, but, like... That would that, that's that's usually something that requires like a fan. In the They're device usually to quite do. big. And yeah, heavy yeah. And most expensive. most phone chargers and so laptop for, chargers and everything else you're going to plug into that can can run all the yeah. way up to two twenty anyway. So for twenty bucks though, you it looks like it's you so. Hmm. Yeah, how many things can you plug in on chargers? On it? Yeah. Go to like the third or the bottom picture. Yeah, yeah that one. It's got three plugs. That on is it. a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. All the ones I have, Josh, are single plug, like single plug to single plug. And (laughs) sometimes if I'm thinking ahead, I will bring uh, like a power splitter, like a a surge protector with me as well. And that just feels really stupid to have to bring with you in a suitcase. Well, this one has two extra pieces you have to carry if you're going to go to. But don't they all like it all packs together, right, Josh? No, well. Like this. There's the two okay, extra pieces. Okay, so on the back, oh, yeah. there's different plugs for Japan, South America, Australia, New Zealand. You mm-hmm. got the uh, Southern Europe, Middle East, Africa, Asian, Caribbean, 100 to 240 volt AC, 10 yeah. amp. But if you need and to plug, the, uh, if you need to plug that unit into Great Britain, Ireland, Africa, <laughs> Hong Kong, Singapore. <laughs> yes, we know the countries. Yes, they exist. If you need to yes, plug that, that oh, unit into the other sizes, you'll have to take one of those blue pieces. Yeah. And move it to the back yeah. uh-huh. in order yeah, to go plug it in. That's what I did with, okay, you can look here, 
So I do the the back, right? Yep. Yeah, you yeah. got those. And you go and take the UK uh-huh. and you pop it in there and you plug it in. Right. And you've got all of your... Do you still have the one on the bottom? No, that's the one I took off. That's what I'm saying. And so this now, one, so this one never lost. is active. No, in the it's picture active. it says it's active. Oh, it is active. It is active yeah, when, yeah. Uh, when, when it's in uh, Japan, South America, Australia, and New Zealand. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. But if you go anyplace else, then... Yeah. So you might, you might have to give up one of the outlets, but... I got you. But you still get yeah, two, yeah. yeah, which is great. So, yeah, whichever one of the purple pieces you're using, yeah. you might have to adapt, but you still get access to two plus the USB port. Yep. Um, that's pretty good. Yeah, it works. Mm. <laughs> Didn't start any fires as compared to what everybody else said in chat. I would say uh, four out of the last five times I've traveled internationally, I've forgotten one of these adapters, and I have to go down to the front desk at the hotel, and I say, hey, I'm a dumb American, and I forgot the adapter. I assumed everybody was civilized, and we all use the same plugs. Uh, can I please borrow one of your adapters? And they're always like the ones that somebody has left behind yeah. as well, and they're all like super loose in the socket, and things maybe plug in, but you have to like – like bend the cable back a little bit so the pieces make the right contact oh, sure. with them. Like this is, I'm definitely going to die in a fire totally in this safe. hotel. This is clearly going to happen. Uh, this seems like a like a better option. Travel small by Con Air. <laughs> Just that picture looks like a fire hazard on its own. It anyway, it does. To be fair, <laughs> it kind of does. Yeah, but I'm sure it's safe. What could go wrong? <sighs> All right, uh, Alan, what do you got for me? All right, so uh, I move a lot of files and folders and stuff around. Okay, right. Um, so say you had a big, you know, file server, right? Right. And then you had all your stuff on there and you had certain folders that were dated certain things. You know, if you add a file to a folder, that folder date updates, Yes, yes, I have this happen to me all the time. Sure. Uh, and then you could just look at the dates of the folders in the root directory and know like what was updated the most recently, Mm -hmm. like inside those, inside, inside this folder was the newest one or whatever, right? Well, now you say you make another array and you move all your stuff over. They've all been modified. Everything is, all the folders are now today. Yeah. It sucks. It sucks. So, sucks. So this is a tool called a folder time update. And it Jesus just, it's just simple. You point it, <laughs> you point it at the root. You point it. Listen, it, this is a pain in the butt to do. No, I'm with you. To do normally. I understand. Right. Tell me what it does. Uh, so you just point it at the root of yeah. that drive. Yeah. And you just tell it to start. And it just goes through and it looks in all the directories and finds the most recent modified file time of the file within the directory and sets the directory's file modified time to that same number. Oh, uh, okay. So it depends on the files still having the same... Oh, sure. Okay. It, it, but the end result is that your directories will be dated and timed yeah. as if you had been using that array from the beginning. Right. So in other words, I it makes, thought I had seen situations where when you do that copy, the files also take a new time as well, like a new modified time. If you time. move them. They do not. It's different. If you yeah. copy them. If you copy them. Moving is so risky. Why would you, like, I just want to copy things. Well, I mean, this, they kind of changed it with the more recent version of Windows. So you can just like, you can copy. I usually do copy a sync. Copy with traits. I usually do a syncing program. Or if you do like RoboCopy, I think you can set it so that it's. You know, takes those characteristics. Take, take the attributes. Okay. Yeah, I think there's okay. like command line stuff, but, um, but even with those, even with those methods, the directories dates and times will still sure. be wrong. Yep. Yep. Right. I'm with you. So, um, you know, first this, released in uh, June of 2015. Uh, no, wait. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. That was Arabic. 
Uh, that's not the first release. So, that's just the release. Well, first this one. So here's what's funny. This guy makes another tool that's like a context menu based, like mass file date time changer tool. Like you can offset everything by an hour or something. Like you time zone change and you cared about picture dates. Yep. Or something. Whatever. I got to go back and look through my email because I think I emailed this guy that made the other tool, who's the same guy, years back, asking if he could do something like this with his other tool. Got it. And I I just, I couldn't find the email that I sent to anybody. I was trying to find, I know I emailed somebody, you know, that had like a tool uh, that already did like, you know, modifications yeah. to... So I don't know. Maybe maybe I might have been the not a whole lot of use. This is this. Here's what I hate about it: is this is something you install in your computer, you run one time. Yeah, it's not an installer. Okay. It's, just, it's just an executable okay, sitting in a zip. It's just it, yeah. for me. It would sit in my downloads folder until I formatted that. No, no, that no. Drive. You just you just <laughs> you just run it. And not only that, but like it's it's the kind of thing you're only really gonna run it once. Right. On that. Yeah. On that thing. Right. Like I migrated my file server over like a couple of years ago to a to a new array, and I still had a bunch of you know. Works like, on Windows 2000. Yeah. But I still had like, you know, if you went into the root, there were still plenty of directories and the date and time was when I did the migration. Right. And I was like, it would have been nice if, you know, they actually followed. Like if you go into your Thank backups you. folder and you're trying to figure out what was the most recent backup that's sitting in there in a folder or something and you just, it's a pain in the butt because you, you know, everything's, every, all the clock got reset on everything yeah. when you did, when you migrate over. So that's handy. Uh, Alex, you've got one for us. I do. What do you got? Uh, this is actually it's a website and a web app. It's a chronometer. Chronometer depends on how you pronounce it. Sure. Um, dieting stuff. Sucks. Chronometer. I hate it. Da, 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 da. Chronometer. Chronometer. Sorry. Thank you, Josh. Um, yeah, it's. it's it's your standard calorie counting, counting app, but it's a little more detailed. Um, you can break down onto various uh, uh, micros, macros, all that fun stuff. Um, it really kind of stands out if you're doing some kind of alternative diet, paleo, all that stuff, because you can actually set all those requirements in there as well. Hmm. Um, the website's free. The app's 3 bucks, I think. Um, you can upgrade to the pro version, for $35, $35 a year, but I've never had a use for that yet. Is so, it just ad-free or something? Um, it removes the ads and adds some features. Like there's a, like, what can I eat to finish this day out kind of thing. It Got adds, it. Um, and it adds more reporting, but it's like I don't care about reporting. I just care about tracking. <laughs> sure. So, like, that, that's the, bra- the breakdown report you had up at the very beginning there. Cool. Top of the window, so. I've been pretty happy with it. All right. I like that idea. Yep. All right, everybody. That's going to be it for us this week. This has been the PC's Perspective Podcast. Uh, you can find all of our show notes, our links, picks of the weeks, downloads, RSS, videos, all that crap at pcper.com slash podcast. Uh, we thank you guys for hanging out uh, in our live stream. If you did so, if not, maybe try joining us next week. You never know what exciting stuff will, will happen. All right, everybody, that's going to be it for this week. I'm Ryan Shrout. I'm Josh Walrath. I'm Alan Momentano. Sorry. <laughs> I was waiting for a Jeremy, and I heard a Josh. And I yeah, was but you go after Josh. Well, I know. I know. <laughs> We're not doing it again. That's the end.